Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being here for uh, another part of Haggai. I think we should be able to finish Haggai next time. We're in chapter 2. We've got one little part left of Haggai for next week, and then we'll move to Zechariah, the two prophets that come in 520 that are going to encourage the people to get the temple done. Remember, they came back in 538, laid the foundation. They didn't get anything done for 17 years. And in 520, the prophets rise up, and amazingly, the people listen to the prophets. The, the people listen. What, what has taken place so far to kind of set the stage for tonight, uh, because we do have a question. Some of the commentators uh, discuss uh, what they're talking about, the people's obedience if it's an inner character obedience or if it's the obedience of building the temple, which kind of determines which way we go with this, these verses tonight, if, the, if it's a, a, a moral character improvement or if it's just basic in, uh, obedience in building the temple. But in chapter 1, the first message, I've got a little time chart on there again, the first message came in chapter 1 that they're supposed to start building the temple and the, God makes the point through Haggai, that you don't have anything here, uh, you're not having success because you're not doing the work. And so in chapter 1, verse 15, work began on the temple on September 21st, 520. So the work has begun on the temple, and that, that's going to continue on down through what we're talking about here tonight. Now chapter 2, verse 1, you have the second message, and this is what we've talked about last week. Uh, this is the two parts of chapter 2. The work has begun on the temple. This message right here, as we saw, addressed to uh, 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 Zerubbabel and Joshua and the people, was that you're looking at your work and it looks like nothing. I mean, you're, you're comparing it to Solomon's temple, but be strong, keep working. What you're doing is going to amount to a very, very big deal. The, the glory is going to be great, greater, uh, because of this temple. And so that's the, the, the work began. They're discouraged, thinking it's not really amounting to much. The guy says, no, 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 you're going the right direction. You just stay focused on what I've got you doing. And now we come to this message right here, which this was October 17th, 520. This is December 18th, 520. So October, November, December. We're two months later into this situation. And this is a, a sense, a turning point. It's, it's December. And right here, the people are going to be told, they're going to be asked uh, to go to the priests uh, uh, and ask some questions uh, for a decision by the priest. Uh, uh, the word is Torah, uh, a law. Now, again, we have the T, capital T, Torah, the law, the law of Moses. But there is also uh, uh, just Torah, uh, which means a law, a ruling. They're to go to the priests and get the Torah, a Torah, which means a decision, a, a law. They're going to give, and it's very simple, but the point is, once you hear this decision, it's going to now apply to the people on what they're doing. And that's what this message is about right here. Uh, and God is about ready to tell them, you're doing the right thing. So here we go. I'm going to read to you uh, tonight's verses, chapter 2, verses 10 through 19. After having told them, be strong, keep working, you're gonna, it's going to amount to a great thing. They, built, they started building. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. And now, uh, these verses. Chapter 2, verse 10. On the 24th day of the ninth month, and that's December in ours, or the month, as you see on your notes, Keslev. And that's kind of important right here 
uh, where we find out where we're at in the, in the agricultural season. And I'll talk about that. In the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, uh, again, that's 520, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. And this is the third message. We're going to have a fourth message next week, that the four messages in Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty says. And he gives him a direction. Ask the priest what the law says, or a Torah, uh, if a person carries consecrated meat in the fold of his garment, and that fold touches some bread or stew, some wine, oil, or other food, does it become consecrated? So you've got consecrated meat put in the fold of a garment, and it's going to be carried across the temple, apparently. Apparently this is sacrificial meat. It's going to be put in the fold of a garment, maybe the garment of the priest, as he's carrying it across, and it bumps something else. Now, the meat is holy. It's in the garment. That garment is holy. And if it bumps something uh, randomly, does it become holy? Go to the priest and ask him that. So the priests were called in. Again, this is just the words... And so you can think that maybe Haggai is just saying this out like this and nothing's really happening. Or you could hear that maybe he's called the priests while the people are gathered around and says, Hey, I need you, uh, kind of like Jesus, you know, uh, call, ask the people some questions. And as the people answer the questions, he uses their answer. There's my point, you know. Uh, you know, well, show me a coin. Whose image is on it? Well, Caesar's. Well, what do you think? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's but give to God what is God. So it may be a, a dialogue between the priests as the people are watching. So again, I don't want to add to what's in the scriptures, but it does appear there's some conversations going here. God tells Haggai, go to the priest and ask him this question. So he asks him this question. Uh, if a person uh, carries consecrated meat in the fold of a garment and it b- touches bread or stew, some wine or uh, oil or other food, does it become consecrated? The priest answered no. That was their decision. This would be common to go to a priest and say, okay, this is what happened. With your background knowledge of the the scripture, of the law, what is your decision? What is your your, your, uh, Torah? No, it it, it does not become, if you bump uh, some wine, it doesn't become holy. Then Haggai says, well, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things... Does it become defiled? Well, let's reverse it. Now you've got a person touching a dead body. Now that person's defiled, and they bump something. Does it become defiled or unclean? Uh, And they say, their Torah, yes, the priest replied, it becomes defiled. Okay, thank you very much. That's, That's the two questions. Well, what's the point? I mean, he's not really, you know, he's... It's kind of a basic question. It's almost elementary, kind of like, well, whose image is on the coin? Well, I don't know. We should probably investigate. It's like, well, it's Caesar's. I mean, it's, it's a yes or no, very simple question. Then Haggai said, so it is with this people and this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer, there is defiled. Now, be careful right here. Uh, because it sounds like this is going negative. Uh, and and it, it may be. Again, this is kind of one of those turning points in this chapter because he's saying whatever you do, whatever you work on, 
it's defiled because you are defiled. You're unclean, and so your work is going to be unclean, and it's not going to be blessed. If that, that could be a case, maybe their character, maybe their morality, maybe they're not following the law. But the issue in this book is working on the temple. And this is not a negative set of verses. It's kind of talking about the past and what's been going on, but a turning point happened in September of 520. They began working on the temple. A month later, they're looking at their work going, and even Hege says, this looks like nothing to you, doesn't it? It looks like you're absolutely accomplishing nothing. Don't think that. Be strong. Keep working. God's going to do something big with this right here. You're making progress. So they weren't getting chewed out right here except for the fact that they were getting like, we tried, but it's just, it's not amounting. So this is in a sense, uh, uh, not a rebuke as much as it is a word of encouragement. Don't, don't be discouraged. And now down here is all of a sudden Haggai showing up two months later and saying, oh, you guys are defiled and you're, you're wicked and you're not following the law. It could be, and they need to get their act together so that what they're working on is blessed. Or this is him saying, this is what's been going on, but because you've done something that is obedient, you're going to end up being blessed. So here, keep listening. So whatever they do, he says, whatever they offer, there is defiled. Now give careful thought to this from this day on. From this day on, right now, December 18th. Mark it on your calendars. Write it down. Notice what's going to start to happen. From this day on, consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. Look back. Remember what it was like. When anyone came, he's not saying this is your future. He's saying, remember, this is a turning point. Before December 18th, remember how the crops didn't come in? Everything was blown away. The economy was messed up. Consider things, how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to a wine vat, to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. From this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, the 24th of Keslev, give careful thought to the day when the foundations of the Lord's temple was laid. And this would probably be referring to their work here beginning right here because remember the foundation was laid when they first got back and then the the oppression came and discouragement came and the the taxes and the backed up trade they couldn't get anything transport no transportation so they just kind of quit so that was laid there this would be i think the stone upon stone you're now you're laying stone on the foundation you're kind of laying the foundation a second time getting started you've re-engaged for a second time from verse 18, from this day on, from the 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed? Now, this is going to be an interesting verse. Is there any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not borne fruit. And then here's the last word. From this day on, I will bless you. 
Now, if you actually look in the Hebrew, and we will in a moment, it says, from this day on, I will bless. And so I think what he's doing is they're looking back for the way it was before September 21st, 520. Remember what it was like? Well, you started building. Don't be discouraged. And now the kind of the curse that was announced or the lack of blessing that was announced at the beginning of the book, you don't have anything. Well, they've, made a, made, they've got started. They've been encouraged. They spent two months, and now God is saying, okay, I'm convinced. You're in on this. Okay, this is the way it used to be. I want you to notice, take note, this is the way it used to be when you weren't obedient. But you've been obedient. You started, you accepted the encouragement, and now you're two months in, and now I'm going to tell you, you will be blessed. And so now watch, just like you can see, well, here's disasters coming because the Lord announced it. God's saying, blessings coming because you've been obedient. Now, I think that's the heart of these verses. Uh, Some commentators want to take this and address the character of the people. But the the book is not about their character. It's kind of like Hebrews chapter 11 is about faith. Not all these people were obedient believers. They were men of faith that stumbled through life returning to faith. This chapter is not about are they, you know, righteous? Are they obeying the law? It's about are they obeying God's command to build the temple? And I think, yes, they are. So the turning point is coming. Okay, with that quick introduction, let's look at some notes. Now I've got the same verses on the notes written out in the English Standard Version. And we begin again. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Again, notice the word by. It's a little meaning... It gives you a little more room to open this up where he's going to be maybe using, like I said, talking to the priest with a crowd and asking some questions. And so the, this whole conversation with the priests and the people watching is coming through Haggai. I've got a chart written down there that you've seen before, but I've got it highlighted, what we're talking about here. It's the third message. And interestingly, and this is uh, something that kind of adds to our story tonight, is the agricultural season... Uh, that we've got is this is December that this verse is being given. By December, uh, the crops have been planted. Okay, the, the seed is sown. It's in the ground. Before this time, I think I've got it written down. Yeah, uh, the point two. By the month of Keslev, or December, the winter crop had been planted. The former rains, remember we always talk about the former rains and the latter rains. The former rains, that's, that, get, that sounds real spiritual because people talk about the former and latter rains of end time prophecies. And it, it ties in with that as, as far as using this as an illustration. But in our context tonight, we're just talking about the agricultural season. The former rains fall in October and uh, November. Now, harvest, we'll say harvest, is September. So September would be a harvest, that's the, the, the bring the crop in, the celebration. And then after the crop is in, it rains. Now there's no seed in the field, it, it rains. It's like the spring rain. And then, after that rain stops, the seed is planted in December. Now during December and January, again, 
we, we, you know, you can't plant seeds in December. I mean, there's snow and the frost line is, you know, 32 inches deep. It's like, okay, that's Iowa. This is when they would plant the seed. You'd have the former rains that get the ground ready and moist. And then you think, well, if it's moist, you can't get tractors out there. It it all gets stuck. Well, it's not like soaking wet. It's just there's been a rain. Now the ground is ready to put the seed in. And so the seed is in the ground. It's in, uh, if you, if you, what do you call it, uh, a trench, you know, uh, and the seeds have been placed in the, in the ground. They haven't germinated yet or sprouted. The seeds are in the ground. But there, there's about to. Now, after the seeds are in there, the latter rains begin in February, March, and into April. You're going to have what is called, this is the former rains, you're going to now have the latter rains, or we call it the spring rains. And this rain prepares the soil. The seeds are put in there. Remember, seeds are put in the soil. And then this rain comes along. And again, I've been trying to grow grass in my, my yard. I, I think my, I keep my, I spent too much water this summer. I spent too much money on water this summer. Okay, just, I got to consider next year because it's like, I kept my yard green, but it's like, mm, are we going to do that again? It looks nice. But nonetheless, the Google Fiber came by. And if you guys come to Bible study at my house, you, you see uh, Google. They dug up in the boulevard. What do you call that? Is that what you call the boulevard? That's uh, not called the, what's it called? The, what's it called? Parkway. Parkway. Okay. Depends on what country you're in. But anyway, it depends on what it's called. <laughs> On the other, it's city property on the other side of my sidewalk that I have to mow and make look nice uh, and shovel the sidewalk, but it's the city's property, so they can dig it up when they want to. So I got nice grass out there. I've got it all watered, seeded every year. Uh, you punch holes in the ground, irrigate, not irrigate, what do you call it? You, aerate, yeah, aerate it, and it looks nice. And then the city says, it's time for Google Fiber. And then they bring in backhoes and crawl up and down on my grass with their machinery and dig holes, pile up dirt. And uh, they get it covered up. And uh, I went out and I raked it a little bit. When I, they were all done. They've been done, I think, five different times where it's like, okay, looks like they're done. So they were done, I thought. So I went out and raked it and put some seed on there and watered it. And three days later, they came by because they weren't done. They were going to add some dirt and rake it. So it's like, what? So I look out there, beep, beep, beep. They're backing up. And a guy comes up and starts shoveling dirt on my dirt and my seed. And they rake it. And then they put seed on it. Okay. Well, their dirt, I'm way, oh, wait, okay. It's all about a seed germinating. Okay, and I'm sorry. But now I'm, now I'm complaining. Now I'm, now I'm filing an official public complaint right here. Uh, they, they brought in soil. All of a sudden, all these weeds started growing. There's probably a parable in here somewhere. But all the crabgrass, it's like, what, they planted crab? No, they didn't plant crabgrass and all the weeds. But it's, the soil they brought in was probably just from anywhere and had all this stuff in it. So all this stuff's growing. It's green. Uh, and I'm still watering it every day. Water, water, water. And, you know, once that, once that grass sprouts, you know, once it germinates, you've got to keep it wet, as you know. And, of course, it didn't rain at all this summer, hardly. Half an inch last night, half an inch two weeks ago. 
I got a rain gauge. I got a rain gauge just to measure this summer, and there was, it, I looked at it for, waited for like a month for something to fall in it. And so we've had like one inch of rain for six weeks. Um, so I'm watering this. But, you know, as soon as that stuff starts popping up, if you don't get it wet or keep it wet, it pops up and just dies. Now, I, I spent a lot of money watering this parkway for the city. We went down to Kansas City. When I came back, we helped Zach at his house. We came back. We were gone for three days. Came back, and it's like, what the heck? They had dug it up again while I was gone and brought in more dirt and leveled it off. It's like even the weeds were gone. And so, so and then they came back a couple. Every time, they, every time I hear this backup, I'm... I'm my neighbor, he walked by, he's walking his dog, he, walked by, he says, I'm just going to wait till this fall, because I'm out there psh, 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 sprinkling this thing, trying to get the, he goes, now I look at his, and look at mine, basically looks the same, except I spent all this time in grass seed and money on the water, and uh, they just kept digging it up, he just left it sit, and see, his will probably be nicer looking next year than mine, I spent, oh, anyway. the point, <laughs> I put seed in my yard, and, and, and once it starts to germinate and sprout, if I don't keep it wet, it will pop up and die. That's why the February, March, April rains, the seed is in the ground in December, and as soon as it germinates, they, they don't have a sprinkling system. They don't have, they don't have irrigation. Uh, they're waiting for the Lord to bring in the latter rains. And if the Lord says, no. Like he had been at the beginning of the book, it's like you planted much and expected something. You thought your grass was going to be greener than the neighbors at the end of the summer, didn't you? Well, yes, I did. I committed to it. I bought seed. I watered it. Well, you expected much and got little. That's me. My grass on those, those parkways is like maybe I need to reconsider my ways. Maybe this book is to me about my grass. Um, and maybe the neighbors living more righteous than me or something. But anyway, that's not the point. Uh, the Lord has to send this rain. If he says no rain, their seed in the ground is going to be just like my grass. It's going to pop up, get scorched, and die. And when it comes September in the next year, it'll be like September in my parkway this fall. It's like, well, the neighbors are probably all laughing at me because look out the window. I'd go out every day, move my hoses around, water my grass. And now at the end of the summer, it looks just like ours, except I spent every morning watering my grass and some nights if I missed it. Okay, so that's what's happening right here. Is they are, this is where they're at. In the, that's what December, that's why this month is, is important. It's not a, a special day. It's not a holiday. Nothing happened in the past. It's not necessarily prophecy that I know of, but it is right there, and that explains the rest of the chapter. Okay, here we go. Uh, point three, the message clarifying to the people that disobedience is like uncleanliness it results in lack of blessing because the work has been defiled now here we go with this little it's it, this is really i don't want to say a simple chapter because i'm going to make it very complicated and long but it's really fairly basic it, it can be simple you've got these words uh that i've got written down there obedience or we'll just say obey, and to obey is to build the temple. Okay, now work is their labor. We'll just say uh, their agricultural labor. 
So, if they obey, their work will be blessed. If they disobey, their work will not be blessed. That, that's, what, that's what's being said right here. That's what point four is. And unclean is being equal to disobedience or clean is being clean and obey is the same thing. So if you obey, you're clean, your work will be blessed. If you're disobedient, you're unclean, your work will not be blessed. And that's kind of what, what is being said here. Chapter 2, verse 11, the bottom of page 1. Thus says Yahweh of hosts. Again, that's Lord of hosts, Lord of armies. Again, that's the angelic military ruling all above all the rulers and authorities on earth. These are the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Uh, Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests about the law. If you turn the page there on page 2, you can see, uh, there it is. Read the Hebrew box backwards. Thus says Yahweh of hosts, ask now the priest. And there it is, the word law or Torah. And they've added, notice right there, they've added the word concerning the law, as if it's concerning the capital L, the law of Moses. Um, or it could be, ask the priest for a law. Ask the priest for a ruling, because he's going to provide them a situation. So again, of course, they'd be using the law of Moses to make their decision. But again, I think that might be a, a, a it, it, it's not, you know, ask the priest what the law is, what the law is. But anyway, uh, and I write down there, Haggai was instructed to ask the priest to make a judgment or Torah. Uh, the holy meat making an object holy, unclean making something unclean. And the purpose was to illustrate. Chapter 2, verse 12, page 2. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and it touches with with his fold, bread, stew, or wine, or oil, or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered, no. Now here's what's happening here. The two examples we've got here are you've got meat, and that's going to be sacrificial meat that's holy, and it's going to be placed in the fold or in a garment. Now again, right away my thought is who carries meat around in their garment? Uh, but that's how they're, they're carrying it from one place to another. Now that this is holy, and it's in the fold of the garment, and it touches something else. And I think we've got a list here, uh, just a random list. It's all food, bread, stew, wine, or oil, or any kind of food. It touches something else. Does this thing that it touches, because this meat was holy, and it's in the fold of the garment that is holy because it's carrying the holy meat, does this now become holy because it bumped something that was holy and the answer is no you cannot make something holy just because it bumps into being holy and so okay no that that doesn't work that way this has to be holy itself you can't just transfer holiness but interestingly it does work the other way chapter 2 verse 13 then Hagee I said if someone who is unclean it, by contact with a dead body so you've got now a dead person, and now another living person makes contact with the dead person. That person is, this is unclean. This person is unclean. And now the same thing happens. They bump into something randomly. Does that unclean, uh, the dead body that's unclean, make the person unclean? Yes. Does that person who's unclean make this, un does it continue to transfer down? 
Uh, the priest answered and says, it does become unclean. Yes, this is unclean. Unclean makes unclean makes unclean. You can't hand down holiness, uh, but uncleanness is transferable in this illustration. Now, the whole point with this, this is, like in Jesus' question, whose image is on the coin? This is the example. This is what everybody, okay, everybody understands that. Now, he's going to take it to a higher level. Chapter 2, verse 14. And this is where I wouldn't mind you thinking. I always want you thinking, but I wouldn't mind you thinking, are we talking about the people's obedience in building the temple? Or are we talking about before the temple, are we talking about their character? Like, are they, have they got a, a wrong motive? Have they got, uh, uh, you know, they're not bad morals? Are they not following the law of Moses? And so they are, in a sense, unclean because they're violating God's command. And so the work of building the temple is defiled. Some commentators will say, these people are corrupt. And so God is saying, I don't care if you build me the temple. The temple itself is unclean because you're unclean. I don't think that's the case. But I want you to, some people, and so you, I just want you to know that's on the table. I think the whole issue is they are obedient or disobedient based on are you building the temple? Because this book is not about following the law of Moses. This book is about build the temple. And before they built the temple, they were disobedient and so unclean, and so nothing they did was blessed. And as you know, this, this section, this message ends with a blessing because they've started building the temple. They've been encouraged to continue building the temple. And now God is saying, you're two months into this, three months into this. I want you to know, mark your calendars. Today, things are changing. You are going to now be blessed. And so, the... Uh, the cleanness is the act of building the temple or the obedience. I'm reading on. Uh, then Haggai answered and said, So is it with this people. This illustration right here, the holy going to holy, not making anything holy, the unclean continuing, so it is with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands. Now that work of their hands, I think, is, for example, their agricultural work or their, 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 their economy, their business. I don't think their work is building the temple. That's the obedience. So it is with every work of their hands. And what they offer there is unclean. Now that's an, what they offer there is unclean. So if you plant a crop, and you and you don't and you you don't have a temple you have no place to offer it now then consider from this day onward before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the lord this is what you're considering now you could stone upon stone that could simply mean building stone upon you're stacking up stones you're building the temple or you could because you got two starts on this temple you've got the start in 537, when they built the altar, laid the foundation, and then they went into a stall mode, but that's all still there. But here, uh, in, in uh, what was it, October, they started, in 520, they, started, they, they resumed building the temple. And so, you know, they put stone upon stone. Maybe there's a stone, and they put stone upon the stone. Either way, I think they're definitely talking about 520 here. Now then, consider from this day onward, 
before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord. I'm on page four now. How did you fare? Before you re-engaged the temple in 520, how were things going? And he's already told them at the beginning of the book how things were going. He explained to them, I blew everything away. I'm the one who was blowing it away. How did you fare? When one came to a... Now this was before, this was before they started, they resumed the temple building in 520. When one, this is not now, this is not right now while they're building the temple. This was before. And remember where they're at in the agricultural season. I, I, did I erase that? Yes, I did. I got to put that back up there. How did you fare? When you came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. Then he says again, this has been throughout the book, I struck you and all the products of your toil, see, the, your toil or your work, their toil was planting seeds or the work was planting seeds. The work was not building the temple. The work was planting seeds. Their command was to build the temple. If they built the temple, their work would be blessed. If they didn't build the temple, their work or their toil would be in vain. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight, with mildew, and with hail, yet you did not turn to me. You didn't come back, and, and I was trying to wake you up. Before I sent the prophet, now this is interesting, before I sent the prophet, I just sent the weather. Where you should say, you know, we need to seek God. You should have had it in yourself to realize things aren't going well. We should seek God and find out. And that, that's interesting because that's what the book of Joel was all, it's hidden right here. But the book of Joel was about that very thing, remember? All the, the locusts and the fire. And he says, stop. You need to consider this. We've been trained since we came back from exile that when things go bad, we reevaluate and return to the Lord, which helps you know, support my putting Joel back here because he's working on this, this whole framework that these prophets are establishing here. And it's not, it's not unique. Um, I struck you in all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Thus, he's got to send Haggai and Zechariah because the, the weather pattern didn't wake you up. The economy crashing didn't wake you up. Here's Haggai and Zechariah. And they woke up. They responded. Now, you could say the same thing about Isaiah and Micah and all these prophets, Jeremiah. They had the same thing, and then the prophet came, and then they rejected the prophet too. These people didn't pick up on the weather patterns or the economy, but the prophet did shake them. Chapter 2, verse 18. Consider carefully. Let's see, here's your turning point. Consider carefully from this day forward. Now, they haven't had a chance to do anything except hear the message. It's not like all of a sudden, in the midst of all this, they're out, you know, repenting and, and making sacrifices and whatever. They're just listening to the message. Consider, just being told to consider, to listen, to make, listen to the judgment. Consider carefully from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, he repeats it. We're still on the same day. Nothing has happened with the people. They, they haven't had a chance to repent. They haven't even made a, a, an, an example, a, a, an illustration of the people repenting. They're just listening. From the 24th day of the ninth month, the day the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider carefully. And here it is, verse, chapter 2, verse 19. 
is the seed yet in the barn? Okay, let's go back to this. And this, this can come about two different ways and end up at the same place. We've got December, and what is, where's the seed? The seed is in the ground. The seed has been planted. Before that, we've got uh, October, November is the former rain. So the soil is ready. The soil is moist. It's ready. The seed is sown. It's in the ground. It hasn't germinated yet. It's just in the ground. It's ready. Then is going to come February, March, and April, which is going to be the latter rain. This is where it's at right now. Now, this word, uh, very important. You can see it in the uh, ch- chapter, uh, or, yeah, chapter 2, verse 19 in the Hebrew, is still the seed in the barn. Now, very clearly, it says seed. It doesn't say harvest, the seed. They're talking about the seed. Now, two ways of looking at that word in the barn. Or the word is barn. It, it, it can be translated storehouse, barn, which would be asking this question, is the seed in the barn? Uh, and that's where the seed that you, you'd store for sowing would be stored in the barn or the warehouse, the storehouse. Is the seed in the barn? And the answer would be, no, where is it? It's in the ground. So is the seed in the barn? No, it's in the ground. Some scholars, and you can see I've got the, one of the, the Old Testament books referenced there. Some so- scholars, and it comes from several angles, uh, suggest the word which is only here in the Old Testament. It's used, a similar form is used two other ways, but it's not referring to this at all. So it's only here that this word is used. It refers to a furrow in which the seed lies embedded or planted. So it refers, is the seed in the ground? Is, wait, so you could say barn, storehouse. In fact, I've got it written down there, right? Yeah. Barn is, and there's the word in the Hebrew text. It's from the word magura, which means a storehouse or a granary. Is the, grain in the, or is the seed in the granary? The answer would be no. It's December. It's in the ground. Or the second meaning could mean it refers to the ground itself. Is the seed in the furrow, in in the ground? And there the answer would be yes. Either way, where's the seed? It's in the ground. It's been planted. Okay, so chapter 2, verse 19. Is the seed yet in the barn? No, it's planted. Or is the seed yet in the ground? Yes, it's planted. Either way, it's planted. Indeed, the vine, now you don't plant a vine, the vines are continual, they just, you know, you got to just, they just keep growing. The fig tree, you don't plant a fig tree every season. The pomegranates come from a tree, and the olive tree, those aren't seeds, those are your trees and your vines. So the seeds in the ground, and the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. Now that's not negative, that's like the seed is still in the ground. Your fig trees, your pomegranates, there's no yield yet. We're just waiting. What's going to happen? Here's the, now what's going to happen? 
here, this is the t- moment of tension. If, if you're in agriculture, you're, it's like, what do you mean? The seed's in the ground. You're waiting. The fig tree, the, the wine, the vineyards, you're waiting. What are you waiting for? You're waiting for the latter rains. What do you think is going to happen? Watch this. Before, you didn't listen. You didn't build the temple, and I never sent you that rain. Now, you started. I've encouraged you. You're two months further into it, and you're still building. Remember today, things change today. And then he says right there, here's the end of it right here. Uh, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have, have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. In other words, right there was the, if you're a meteorologist, it's like, we're going to have a good latter rain this year. You can start, how, you're predicting, what, predicting a rainy season this coming up in February. How do you know? Hey, guy just told us. Meaning, I'm going to send this rain, this seed's going to grow, your vines, you're going to see a harvest like you haven't seen in almost 17 years. Why? Because you've obeyed. You've built the temple. You're in the process of doing it. So this is a very positive thing. Uh, Again, don't trip up on this when it says, indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. That's not God saying, I've cursed you. It's not the season. It's not the season we're waiting for this, the, the growing season to come. And so he says, you, you're waiting. What's going to happen? Well, I tell you what, I'm going to bless. And you can see it in the Hebrew. Uh, read that bottom line backwards with me of the Hebrew text. The olive not have yielded from day this I will bless. And then in parentheses is you. That you is not in the Hebrew. It's kind of insinuated. It's not a bad translation. But it's right here. From day, from this day, I will bless. That's what God's saying. You have the seeds in the ground. You have no fruit coming. But from this day, I will bless. Which is like, that's, that's huge. That's a big deal right there. It's a small, kind of weird chapter. You've got this il- illustration. But God is saying through that, that whole thing, you are now in, in good shape. I'm going to bless you because you've built the temple now what's interesting we're going to go but we're going to finish up next week with the rest of this chapter a special word to Zerubbabel which is going to have some prophetic overtones and then we're going to go to the book of Zechariah and we're going to see some things there uh, that will match same day same year which what's interesting the book of Zechariah Haggai is speaking Zechariah is over here they're they're both talking to this crowd so Haggai, it doesn't have like the only ministry in town. There's also a church right across the street called the Church of Zechariah. And Zechariah is saying the same thing. They're getting, you know, comparing prophecy notes. Or the d- dates are given. Now, after these guys in 520, there's going to come, Malachi is coming later. Where, where we got Malachi? We got Malachi. Do I have Malachi written on here? Oh, yeah, right here. Malachi. I was looking too far down. Uh, Malachi is coming, and we're not going to get into that this time around we're, we're moving towards malachi but it's interesting there because by this time right here see this sounds this is a real positive time right here they've got two prophets they respond to the prophet things looking good but as we move down here towards malachi uh the temple's up and running but they're going to be if you read through that they're going to start being chewed out because the priests now have begun to manipulate the system and they're starting to make profit and and they're getting rich off the off the temple 
uh, and the people are bringing in lame offerings and stuff. So they're kind of neglecting the whole temple system. And God is going to send Malachi and kind of chew the people out and the priests for not using the temple properly, for using it for their own benefit. And that will end the Old Testament uh, with Malachi, unless you've got Joel being the last book after that. But that's what we've got tonight. Uh, yes, please. Okay. Uh, I'm a little confused. I probably got the wrong interpretation. No. Right, right before verse 214, mm-hmm. that line that's numbered one, mm-hmm. uh, is, does that mean that there would be a no at the end of that line? Uh, I, that, that's a typo, right? I, yes. Yeah, I wrote no. Yeah, that should be yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes. That's me slamming together. Yep, that, that's me. Hopefully I'll change it before I upload those notes. Because, yeah, that through, yeah, that's, thank you. That's me just typing it quick, yeah. Trying to slam notes together. Yeah, thank you very much. You know, that was, uh, I set it up just to see if you were paying attention. There's always little quizzes in the notes. A lot of them are spelling quizzes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That that makes you feel good, so I can make mistakes and so on. It, it would be disappointing to say, well, that's embarrassing. It's like, well, it would be more embarrassing if no one noticed. <laughs> it's like, so. Anything else? Anybody want to add anything to that? We've got time if you want to say something. Otherwise, I'll pray and we're finished. Okay. Class is going to be dismissed early tonight. I'll pray. Father, do thank you for the chance to look into these things. We do ask that we would... Live a life that is obedient to you, that we do the things you've called us to, that we may walk in not just your blessings, but also walk in your ways, that we may do the things you've called us to. We do thank you for the word of God. We thank you for your spirit who's leading and guiding us. And we thank you for Christian fellowship that helps encourage us and give us direction. Father, we do thank you again for the chance to be your people this time in history and ask that we again would fulfill your plan for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you very much for being here.